Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. If you've not already, I encourage you to pick up your copy of Slime Incorporated. It's my first detective novel, and it's a modern story, but with a lot of nods to golden age of detective fiction. It's a story of murder and dirty politics against the backdrop of a gubernatorial election. It is available as a paperback, as an ebook in the Kindle store, as well as the iBook store, and also as an audiobook through uh, audible.com or the Apple Store. You can view all my books, audiobooks, and ebooks at store.greatdetectives.net. Now it's time for today's episode of Nightbeat, the original air date, June the 22nd, 1951, and the title is Sanctuary. NBC presents transcribed Frank Lovejoy in Randy Stone. I cover the night beat for the Chicago Star. You never know when there's magic in a story. I mean the magic that takes a routine yarn and suddenly electrifies the whole country, giving the good people an emotional bath. You take the story of Jody Levering, age five, going on six. At noon Sunday, the Lost Boy report came in, just one of 40 or 50 on a normal day. But the boy hadn't been found by eight o'clock that night. And then the story broke on the other side of town, down among the lower bistro set in Lost Man's Canyon, where an ancient church with its tall spire benignly spreads its protection over a neighborhood that consists of missions, pawn shops, buy your shoes with a shirt off your back secondhand stores, five and ten muscatel shops, and hockey tops. Jody Levering, five going on six, missing. And in the church, Father Clary was preparing for evening prayers. Miss Gately, the organist, was at the organ when the old caretaker wandered through the vestibule. Time to ring the bell, Father? Certainly, John. Ah, good. Here we go. Oh. Father? Yes, John, what is it? There's something wrong up in the tower. The bell... Oh, let me try. First time I've ever had trouble with it. Guess I better go up. You be careful. Those wooden steps haven't been up for a long time, have I? I'll get the bell fixed. a friendly sort of church over 60 years old with the kind of stained glass windows and rows of worn benches you really see anymore. The organ was on the right side of the altar. And behind it was the door that opened onto the rickety wooden stairs leading up 65 feet to the belfry. Father Clary stood at the bottom of the circular stairway and peered up into the darkness of the bell tower 
as John, puffing and sighing, reached the top. And suddenly... I told you to be careful. Bush. Bush. What? Stay out! Stay out! Who is it? Who's up there? Hey, what you That's the way it broke. Jody Levering, five going on six, no longer missing. Now found in the bell tower of the Church of St. Francis. But how do you get him down? A man up there with him who didn't think twice about pushing an old man down a 65-foot stairway. The extras hit the street inside of seven minutes. Child hostage in church tower. That was the magic. It went over the wire services. Inside of 12 minutes, it had spread from the Atlantic to the Pacific, from Mexico to Canada. And before the extras had hit the street, the people of the night had drifted out of the bars, the muscatel shops, the tattoo emporiums, and dark doorways. And they'd congregated on the sidewalks and flowed over into the street. Their necks craned upward, up to the belfry of the old church. The police threw a cordon around the church, and the fire department was there with ladders and nets, equipment for catching a falling body. I know the man is, Randy. No, not yet. And what did he come here for? It'll be interesting to find out. Sterling! Lieutenant Sterling! Hey, yeah, what is it, Storm? Anything I can do? Yeah, keep out of the way. Who is it up there? How do I know? Look, don't get underfoot. This is tough. Get that mic around the front, Sergeant. I want the loudspeaker set over here. Uh, he can't last up there. No, neither can the boy. Yeah, it's just a question of hanging around until something happens. Cut and dry. They'll toss in some tear gas and we'll be all over. If you were up there, what would you use to protect yourself? Uh, the boy. Yeah, the boy. Yeah, but the guy's a sucker. He can't get away with it. Well, sure he can't, but what about the boy? Police can't do anything if it'll hurt that kid. That killer's got more protection up there than an armory you've given. Hello. This is the police. Hello up there. You have no way out. You might as well come down peacefully. Give up the child. You're entirely surrounded. There's no way out for you. Look! Look! He's alive! He was holding the boy out of the tiny window up at the top of the tower. And suddenly, no one was breathing. No one in that whole crowd all around me. The child dangling in space 65 feet from the ground. But if you come near me, I'll drop you. If you do anything at all. He pulled the boy back into the tower. Everybody began to breathe again. A little shock. A little thrill, too. What a picture that would make, huh, Stone? You know where I can get some binoculars, Harry? Huh? Binoculars? Yeah, I might be able to see into the window of that tower from the top of that building down the street. Hey, that's right. It is about the same height. It'd help if we knew what he was doing. Yeah, binoculars. Yeah. Yeah, Beckett, turf column. Can you reach him? I'll give him a buzz. Good. If you'll come down, 
It'll save us all a lot of time and trouble. Do you hear me up there? Won't do any good now. Maybe later. Connors. Yes, sir. Get those searchlights on. Yes, sir. Light them. Hey, Lieutenant, if we could get a tear gas bomb in that window, I got a pretty good throwing arm. Even if you were Grover Cleveland Alexander, what have you missed? Oh, it was inspirational. That magic in a story all around me, standing on the sidewalk across from the Church of St. Francis. Looking up, looking up where the cones of light speared the tiny window. And then something real came out of the crowd. The child's mother. Jody, my baby. Mrs. Levering, it'd be better if you didn't... Connors. Yes. Jody. She stays in my car. Have someone stay with her. Jody, Jody. Oh, where's your husband, Mrs. Levering? Jody. Your husband. Where is he? Where... Connors, take care of her. I want those lights kept up there on the top. My tower. husband's not here. New York, I'm busy. Jody! We're going to save him. Hello, Father. Mr. Stone. How's the old gentleman who was knocked down the stairs? Oh, John, his legs are broken, but he'll be all right. Any way to get up there, Father? Uh, back way or anything? Just the wooden stairs, Lieutenant, as far as I know. There are some musty old rooms and hallways downstairs... You know how they built a church 60 years ago. Yeah. Lieutenant, I'm going up. Going up? Where? Up the wooden stairs inside the church to the belfry. But... I can't leave that child up there. I can't. It's dangerous, Father. It's dangerous not going up, Mr. Stone. But, Father... Oh, no, no, no. I, I'll be all right. He won't harm me. <laughs> Father Clary went back inside the church and I followed him. He went down the long aisle, past the organ, and through the door. I stood and watched him start up the rickety stairs. He wouldn't let me go with him. He wouldn't let me talk him out of it. A short and stocky man, puffing a little, past 60, holding onto the flimsy railing as he went up and up the circular stairs. What do you do? What kind of logic do you use? Surround the church... Get the fire department nets out, try to think of everything the maniac up there could think of. But no way to prevent Jody Levering's death. Sure, you could get him. But how long would it take to throw a 40-pound child out of a stone window? In which direction would he throw it? How far out? You play games with a child's life? I said don't come up here! I'll kill him! Father Clary's footsteps stopped, and he began talking. I couldn't hear the words. I know what they were, but I couldn't hear them. I'll get him! I'll get him! I'll get him! I didn't have to go outside to know what was happening. Holding him out the window, threatening to throw the child. I looked up into the blackness of the bell tower. Father Clary was coming down. 
And at the bottom, my reporter friend had a cameraman ready to get some pictures of Father Cleary. I take it from that angle, Angie. Get a shot of Father Cleary's face. Not missing any bets, huh, Harry? Oh, hello, Andy. I got those binoculars for you. Here he comes, Angie. You'll be tired. Get an angle on the face. I want his eyes. I want to see the defeat. Uh, Father! Not a picture. Get it, Angie. What'd he say, Father? He wouldn't kill me. He wasn't interested in killing me. Yeah, yeah, but what did he say? Mr. Stone, what can we do? Were you able to see him, Father? Oh, it was too dark. His voice, young, old... Uh, can I have another shot of your father? His voice? How can you tell? Sick? Yes, sick. His soul is sick. How about it, Father? Another picture? Outside the church in the street, the crowd kept growing, pushed back by the police. Dark faces in a dark night, their eyes roving incessantly, a little undercurrent in them. What do they think, these people? Do they think like Mrs. Levering, who can't think anything because there's the white heat of fear in her? Jody, 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 that's all. Just a name, five going on six. What do you think, you eating a sandwich, and you smoking a pipe? A pipe, that's for chess, for reading, for a gentle kind of thinking. What's in your mind, stranger? What are you thinking about puffing your pipe? And you, lady, what's on your mind? Who stays out in the night? Who stays out and crowds the street and spills out into the gutter, rubbernecks to be in on the kill? It was easy to spot the people from the other side of town, the ones who didn't belong around this two-bit burlesque free soup kitchen district. Their jacket and trousers matched from the other side of town. But no different from this side, everybody the same. The same eyes shining, the same taut expectancy in their upturned faces. All right. What about it? We're going to use those binoculars? Mr. Stone. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. I'll tell the lieutenant. I'll meet you up on the roof. Okay. Randy Stone? Yeah. My name is Ralph Benton, Mr. Stone. Oh? University of Chicago. I'm taking a Ph.D. in psychiatry. Oh, yeah. No, no, wait, wait. Will you, look, this is what I'm studying. This. The psychology of that man up there. Oh, later on, no, son. From the time they're children, patterns, behavior patterns, you can tell them. Sure. I'll see you. No, wait, look. I, I've got to tell somebody about it. About what? This is the time when something can be done. People aroused. Can be done about what? Well, that kind of a man, Mr. Stone, the, the psychopath. Uh-huh. Well, who does what about it? Well, the people have to do it. They're sick. That kind of person is just sick. You, you can help through your column. Yeah, well, it won't help right now up there. I'll see you later, no, look, look, Mr. Stone, I've got a plan. That building on the next block, from the roof. Well, what about it? Well, it's right on the line with the church belfry. Uh, if you had a rifle with telescopic sights, and, and you waited for the right chance. Uh-huh. Yeah, that might work. Now, listen to me. Now, listen You've got no chance up there. You haven't done anything yet. Don't do anything foolish. Come down. We won't harm you. Why doesn't he answer? He doesn't want to show himself. Oh, yeah. A rifle. One shot. It would have to be one shot. It would have to kill him instantly. Or he'd kill the boy. NBC is bringing you Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. 
It's the Silver Jubilee on NBC. We have three fellows we'd like you to meet. I'm speaking about Malone, Kane, and the man called X. Each is in the same business, and a dangerous business it is. Outthinking and many times outgunning national as well as international criminals. Make a listening reminder to hear The Amazing Mr. Malone and the Man Called X on Friday. And beginning Sunday, July 1st, Martin Kane, Private Eye. Three invitations to high adventure over NBC. And now back to Nightbeat and Randy Stone. I told Lieutenant Sterling about the rifle and the binoculars, and he thought it might be a chance. Risky, because the first shot would have to be the only shot, but a chance. I went to a cigar store on the corner, into a phone booth, and dialed the Southside Hunting Club. I wanted Charlie Peterson, the national champion rifle marksman, and I was lucky. He was there in the club room. I told him what I wanted. Of course, Randy. I'll have to pick up my gun at the club downstairs for a shot. Uh, left it for a minor adjustment on the sights. I'll meet you on the roof in 15 minutes. You want to know what it looked like from the top of that building down the street? There were these searchlights pinpointing the stone tower and tiny windows at the top. No glass of frame other than the cold stone itself. And down below, the fire trucks, the police cars, the crowd of people milling around, their faces turned upward. Occasionally in the darkness, you could see the flash of a photographer's bulb. And over the whole scene, there was a restlessness, because up there was a man and a boy. And death was electric in the air. Lieutenant Sterling and Officer Connors were up on the rooftop with me, waiting for Peterson, the rifle marksman, to join us. You see anything with those binoculars, Stone? No. You can't see inside that tower. It's just a black hole. Mm. How's Peterson going to aim? I don't know. There was a way to get some light. Searchlight? Yeah, right up here on this roof. It's on a level with that belt. Well, we can try. Connors. Yes? Uh, let's get a searchlight up here. It wasn't as simple as it sounded. The firemen worked with the police in rigging up a block and tackle. They put it on the far side of the roof so that the man in the tower couldn't see what was going on if he happened to look our way. In the middle of the preparations, Charlie Peterson arrived and we had to explain everything to him. And there was quite a lot of explaining. Sure, I understand. You're going to flash that searchlight on the tower window and when he sticks his head out, I shoot. That's right. You shoot once. About 200 yards. Wish I'd been able to check these sights. Wind drift past seven miles set it off about two inches at 200 yards. It can't be a near miss, Peterson. If you only wound him, it'll be the end of the child. 200 yards. Uh, when are you going to set up that light? Uh, it's being set up now. When you spot that window, I'll be able to get a good bead. We can't spot it, Peterson. Huh? The minute we throw the spotlight in that window and light up the tower, he'll probably react. Take it out on the kid. So we've got to wait until you're ready. When we snap on the light, you've got to be set to fire immediately. 
We can't even afford to miss the window with the light the first time. Oh, I see. You understand it now? I... The rifle was in the shop. It, it's supposed to be true now. It was a two-inch drift, but even a half-inch... Even a half-inch. How big is the heart? Two and a half, three inches. hundred yards. Maybe I'd better use the kneeling position. Steady. Whatever's most comfortable. Cone's the best, but... I know. I know you can ride down the wall. This is an awful responsibility, Lieutenant. If, if someone were on the PA and got to talking to him, maybe he'd show at the window. Connors, get down there and make with a loudspeaker, huh? Yes, sir. One shot. It could be a bullseye and still not kill him. Can you see anything over there with a the glasses, Stone? No. How about it, Sterling? Are we almost ready? Almost. All right, Peterson? All right. Stone. Yeah. This is the only way that there's no other way, nothing else to do? Nothing that we know of. Sure, it's a gamble, but. It's a bigger gamble just waiting for him to do something. Yeah. It's no disgrace to back out, Peterson. Games? I only played games with a rifle. Well, this isn't a game. I can fix it the shop. Even a half-inch miss. I, I, I could still hit the bullseye and not kill him. It isn't a disgrace. I... You up there? Ah, that's Connors. Ready, Mr. Peterson? Release the boy. Yeah. I'll give you a three count. When I get to three, you switch on the light, Sterling. Right. You'll do it, Peterson. I'll have my glasses ready. Okay, Sterling? Go ahead. You up there. I'm ready. One. Two. Three. Lights. Shoot, man. Shoot. I I can't see. Hold it, hold it, hold it. The window, it's boarded up. We put a board in the window. I didn't think I could have pressed the trigger. I don't think I could. That was the end of the roof experiment. Peterson left and Sterling and I went back down to the street. I started through the crowd, dark faces still upturned. And Sterling went back to the PA. Why don't they do something? Billy's sitting in the booth, and I said I'd be right back, but I can't go back in. It just can't go away. Something might happen. I turn my back. You haven't killed anyone. You haven't done anything really wrong yet. Come down. Do you think you... You won't be hurt. You have our words. Do you think he's going to listen to that? Nah, he's scared stiff up there. I remember one time I locked myself in the room when I was a kid, and my folks handed at the door. I couldn't move. I was going to be scared. Hello, Mr. Stone. Oh. Mr. Stone, do you remember the Hirons case? They follow a pattern. This man broke into a house. He was caught. And to prevent himself being found out, he killed. Yeah, I remember you were kind of young when it happened. Fifteen, but I'm studying it now in class. This man loves it up there. All the fear in him, the hate for the world. It... He'll show him. He'll show him. What did you say your name is? Benton, Ralph Benton. I've got some theories. Okay, maybe they're theories. What are they? He doesn't want to kill. He'll only do it if he's forced to. You've got to understand the ego. 
He feels as though the whole world's against him. He's got to prove himself. It starts out with bragging, and then he feels sorry for himself. Nobody loves him. From infancy on, you, you can trace the pattern. When, when he's seven, eight, ten, twelve, building, building all the time, going from stealing something because he's putting something over on the world. Not because he wants what he steals. You sound like a textbook. Well, I, I tell you, Mr. Stone, I've studied. I'm majoring in it. When you understand the psychology of that kind of man, you can find a way to overcome him. All right. What's your idea? Everybody leave him alone. Leave him alone? Yes. Simple, isn't it? You see, if everybody goes away, the limelight will disappear. He hears that voice on the loudspeaker, and it swells his ego. That's what he wants. He's saying to himself, it's me. It's me. All this fuss and bother. It's for me. So take away this fuss and bother, and you think he won't harm the boy? Yes, that, that's right. He's sick up there. Don't you see? Sick. Sick in his mind. Insane. But the law doesn't say he's insane. The, the law says a person is insane when he can't tell right from wrong. But this man knows the difference between right and wrong, so the law says he's sane. All right, then what is it? Well, I say he's insane. He can tell right from wrong, but... He can't control himself. He can't keep himself from doing wrong. Isn't that being sick, Mr. Stone? But why would this man take a young boy along with him? Well, maybe... Maybe the boy saw him. You mean saw him stealing? Yes, that's right. Then what? Uh, maybe maybe he lived around that neighborhood, and, and, and the man would be exposed as a thief. So, so what does he do? He, he wants to protect himself. He... He doesn't want to kill the boy, but he doesn't want the boy to tell who broke into the house. So, well, what can he do? Look, let's, let's push through here. I want to speak to Father Clary. Don't you see? Don't you understand? He doesn't want to kill the boy, but all these people are forcing him into it. It's a challenge to his ego. That they'll sit up then and take notice. So, look, why, why? Why don't we leave him alone? Go away. Just everybody go away and take the sin of attraction away from him. And then he doesn't want to kill? No, no. Sure of that? Sure, sure. There we are. Let's go inside. It's so quiet in here. Yeah. Hello, Father. Is there anything new, Randy? Maybe. Let's go over there, Ralph. Another element of the psychopath, Ralph, is that he likes to flirt with danger. Unless people know him as an individual, he doesn't get any pleasure out of being the center of attraction. Yes. Right here. First, you tell me a rifle shot is a good way to stop him. And then you put a board over the window. That told me, Ralph. That told me. I know... How did you get down from the belfry? An old passageway down in the basement to a tunnel that leads to Father Clary's house behind the church. Uh-huh. You can kneel if you want to, son. It'll be easier that way. Yes, Father. I want to kneel. It's all right now, Randy. Thank you, Father. I'm going upstairs and get Jerry Lovely.
it was sanctuary after all, wasn't it? Jody was unharmed, frightened, though. It left a deeper scar on his mother and father. It left a scar on me, too. I wonder how many of those people out there on the street felt cheated. Nothing happened. Nothing. No murder. No killing. Nobody thrown out of the tower. All it was was that somebody came to church for sanctuary. Yep. Copy, boy. Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy, is produced and directed by Warren Lewis. Tonight's transcribed story was written by Celie Glester and Merwin Gerard, with music by Robert Armbruster. The part of Benton was played by Stacey Harris. Others in tonight's cast were Joan Banks, Norman Field, John Stevenson, Harry Bartell, Jack Crucian, and Ted DeCorsia. Frank Lovejoy can currently be seen co-starring with Joan Crawford and Robert Young in Warner Brothers' Goodbye, My Fancy. Listen next week at this time and every week as Randy Stone searches through the city for the strange stories waiting for him in the darkness. Nightbeat came to you from Hollywood. It's the Silver Jubilee on NBC. Beginning in two weeks, another top mystery show, Martin Kane, Private Eye, joins your NBC lineup. And here is the star of this new series, one of your favorite motion picture actors, Lloyd Nolan. Thank you. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, on Sunday, July 1st, I'll be on hand as Martin Kane, Private Eye, my new role on this same station. Listen to Lloyd Nolan as Martin Kane, Private Eye, on this same NBC station every Sunday beginning July 1st. This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series, oh, and a man's wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. Welcome back. Well, a very clever and evocative story. I did get a little bit confused about them calling Shooting Club to uh, be the sniper. Now, of course... Uh, this wasn't a modern situation where large police forces do have people who can act as snipers. But this was right after World War II, where it seems like there would probably have been quite a few people with that talent uh, who would have been available. And certainly who would have been less nervous about it than the person that Randy chose. But then again, the fact that Randy had to suggest the plan suggests that maybe the police hadn't thought this uh, scenario through. At any rate, a uh, good, solid story. Again, great narration by Frank Lovejoy and a good ending. All right, well, join us back here tomorrow for Follow That Man. And then next Tuesday... Listen for The Judge, and join us again back here next Monday for another episode of Nightbeat. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, 
and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.